If you were to be asked this morning, what is the very worst Christmas song that you're aware of? How would you answer? The very worst of the Christmas songs that are here. I thought of that recently because I came across an an article that said, do you know the worst Christmas song? And this, um, this author was very, very determined, very decided, very settled on what the worst Christmas song was. Now, if you listen to a lot of the garbage on the Christmas songs that are around, you could easily come uh, probably to some, some conclusions. Have you ever listened to Christmas songs? Christmas songs, I mean. And ever thought, this raises more questions than answers. I mean, take Rudolph the Reindeer, Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know that song. He's purportedly the most famous reindeer of all, and yet you need to be asked, do you recall the most famous reindeer? If he's the most famous reindeer of all, I don't know why we would need to be asking whether we truly recall um, who that is. Um, the other one that I, that, that I really uh, shake my head at, I guess, a little bit would be the little drummer boy. I got to tell you, if a, if a little drummer boy came by the hospital after the birth of my, any of my children... Um, the drum would have been the thing being thumped at that point, okay? It would have been like, no, thank you, I don't want a drum right after the, the, the birth. Um, not to mention that they note that the ox and the ass kept time. That was odd because I thought that's what drums did. So this drummer boy may not have been very good rhythmically either. But whatever you want to think about the worst Christmas songs, this particular article said without question the worst Christmas song is a song that is addressed to the mother of Jesus. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Now, if you've ever heard that around, you, it's played all the time and in malls and in all other places. And this song goes, written in the 1980s, goes and asks Mary all these questions. Mary, did you know? And I just want to read some of them. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new, that this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you? Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? And the author of this um, article said, the answer to most of these questions is, yeah, she did. Like, she did. She did know the Bible. We don't need to to speculate about whether she knew that this baby would, would come to, is, that this baby boy is Lord of all creation. The angel told her um, those things. And so it seems to be a little bit of, of an oddity. Well, I'm not going to cast my vote for that as the worst Christmas song. Um, if, if I hear last Christmas I gave you my heart one more time, I think I'm going to go absolutely crazy. Um, but nonetheless, I thought of that because the one verse that we sometimes pass over in the Christmas story of Luke chapter 2 is in verse number 19. And it's talking about some things that Mary knew. Notice here in verse 19 of chapter 2, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Have you ever stopped to think about the effect that all of these dramatic occurrences At the birth of Jesus, the shepherds coming from nowhere, announcing to her that there had been this angelic visitation in the heavens, that what they told her, that there had been born in the city of David that day, a savior that was Christ the Lord, 
and all of the, in, the, the visitations surrounding that, can you imagine what effect that would have had on Mary? What did Mary know about her little baby? Now, I think you moms would identify with this very greatly, probably more than some of us dads do. How many of you remember not long after your baby being born and in the weeks and months and years ahead, maybe when you were up nursing that child in the middle of the night or changing a diaper or just spending time looking at that baby, you, you thought, you pondered, you meditated. You said, baby, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are the things that are awaiting you that none of us know about? Who are you going to marry? What is going to be your calling or purpose? Imagine that natural kind of response to a newborn baby and now imagine it multiplied by all the things that Mary had already seen and heard and experienced about this baby. Is it any wonder that Mary kept all these things, that word literally means to preserve, to hold on to, to preserve these things and to ponder them in her heart. For just a few minutes this afternoon, I want to talk about the subject, simply what Mary did know. We don't need the song to ask us, Mary, did you know? We can look at scripture and say, Mary, what, what, what did Mary know? And then notice, I think, some things about that that will be, I hope, very helpful for us as we turn our attention to the Christmas story today. Turn over back one chapter to Luke chapter one. What Mary knew about this boy that she had just delivered. Start in verse 26. We've already heard Dan read this for us and I'll just point out a couple of different pieces that Mary unambiguously knew about Jesus. Notice that Gabriel, the angelic messenger, comes to Mary and says, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Of course, she is surprised, I think, as any of us would be, and wonders what kind of salutation, what kind of greeting this was. And notice what he says, the angel, in verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now notice what she knows already about this baby. She knows what his fundamental purpose is. Now I don't think we can have any idea not being first century Jews, what children knew about the Messiah that was coming to them. The Jewish people were consumed with the thought of the Messiah that had been prophesied throughout the Old Testament. They knew the story of the Messiah. They knew what Messiah was planning to come and do. They knew that it had been promised. I heard one pastor say, and I think it's very good, how many of you who were grown up in a Christian home, you grew up in a Christian home, can you ever remember a time you don't remember what the Christmas story was about? You were taught the Christmas story from as early as you could talk and think and hear. There's never a time that you probably can remember. I don't understand. This was like what it was for a first century Jew. 
they had been taught what the Messiah was. His kingdom is going to be an eternal kingdom in the line of David, and God is going to give complete victory through him to our long-oppressed, suffering people under the thumb of the Roman Empire. And so now imagine that into this world, into this line of thinking, the angel comes and tells Mary that he's going to be great, and he, Jesus, will be the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, directly going back to that messianic understanding, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Apparently, an eternal ruler. Now, if you're Mary, what are you thinking? Your mind is blown. You have no idea how to process it. And Mary didn't know how to process it. Notice what comes next. She says, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I'm not married. There's no natural way that I could be pregnant. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So she didn't only know the purpose for this child, she knew his parentage. This was a miraculous child. This is truly, literally the Son of God by birth. Again, you can just imagine in the mind of Mary, who most likely, as we probably, I don't need to tell you, was probably a teenager. Most likely a young woman being thrust into this position and accepting it as it says, behold, she says, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. What did she know? She knew that Jesus was going to come in the line of David as the Messiah. She knew that his parentage would be an eternal, divine parentage. What else did she know? Turn ahead to Luke chapter 2. The shepherds, we see in verse 16, they have come with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. What saying? What saying were the shepherds spreading, no doubt, first to Mary and Joseph? Here's what we heard out there in the field. Well, go back to verse 10. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, the long-promised deliverer, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And notice in verse 13, we see that the multitude of the heavenly host is praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. She knew the praise that this child had and deserved. He is the king. He is the savior. Not only that, he is the Lord. Christ the Lord. It seems that she would have realized, hearkening back to, to, verse, uh, to chapter number one, that Jesus was God. He was God in human flesh. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Savior who, have come, who has come to deliver his people from their sins. And he is God incarnate in human form. Now imagine the shepherds leave and you moms out there are holding that baby in your arms and nursing him and changing his, his messes and taking care of him that first night and you're looking down at him and what are you thinking? What are you thinking? 
I mean, is it any wonder we see here? But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That word ponder literally has the idea of bringing things together, bringing pieces together. Can't you just imagine her think, how many times did she think back, what did Gabriel say to me? And what did Joseph tell me about the message that he got from that angel? And now what did the shepherds come back and tell me? And she's trying to put all these things together and draw conclusions from them about who this child is and what his purpose ultimately was. This is what she knew. But we don't just see here what she knew. We see what she did. We've already covered them just very briefly. She kept them and she pondered them. Now, I want us to notice one thing. Verse 19 says, but, but Mary. It's a contrast to verse 18. You see that? Look here. Verse 18 says, and all they that heard it, everyone that heard the word of the shepherds wondered at those things. They were amazed. They were astonished. They marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and ponder them in heart. You say, what's the contrast all about? I think it's this. The contrast is that these people received a story that had a miraculous origin. Wow, angels up in the sky. This Savior who's coming in the line of David, the Messiah has been born at Bethlehem, and said, whoa, that's really cool. How many of them do you think were ever really lastingly changed by the news that they heard? They heard it, they were amazed, they marveled at it, and they went their way. But, Luke says, but, not Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, you need to understand just very briefly, the, te- the tense of the, of the verb here in the Greek is imperfect. Now, you say, I don't know what that means. Here's what you need to know. That meant that she kept on keeping and pondering them. She was pondering them over and over and over. It's like looking off into the future and this is what she was doing. It wasn't a momentary one-time wow. It was the decided uh, fact of her life to continue thinking and meditating and pondering who this child was. I think of this when, for any of you who have had young children, like the stage of life I'm in now, and you give them a Christmas present, And their immediate reaction to the Christmas present is, whoa, I've never seen anything so cool in all my life. Until when? Until you give them another present. And then that present that was the coolest thing they've ever seen in their life suddenly is off into the corner if that second one's even cooler. And then you kind of have to be like, hey, this one's cool too. You like playing with this one, don't you? They're just fixated on it. Why? Because we as human beings see things and we're amazed easily. We marvel easily. And so often we just turn aside to the next thing that seems cool, the next thing that we marvel at, that we're astonished at. Notice something here about Mary. This was not something that was just in ear, one ear and out the other, not just one thing that she was amazed at at a temporary moment, but Luke wants to tell us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that she treasured them. Some translators use that word. She treasured all these things. She kept them, she preserved them, and then she meditated and thought about them over and over and over again. What Mary knew, she knew who this child was. What Mary did, she meditated on those things over and over again. And what Mary reflected, this is where I want to close for all of us here this afternoon. 
you're not a mother in first century Judea. You didn't bear the, the son of God, the one who was coming to be the king. What can we learn from this? I think what we can learn from this is what Mary reflected. Go back again to chapter one to notice a characteristic of Mary that the Bible wants to make sure we don't miss because it is one of the key facts of the entire book of Luke. It's one of the key themes. When Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, do you remember what Elizabeth says to her? Here's what Elizabeth says, that she is filled with the Holy Ghost in verse 41. In verse 42, she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation, your greeting, sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Speaking of John the Baptist. Now listen to this. And blessed is she that what? believed. Blessed is she that believed. What was the primary characteristic of Mary when she heard the word of the angel saying, you are going to have the son of God in your womb? Was it humility? You bet it was. Was it submission and obedience? You bet it was. But what was the primary characteristic? It was faith. It was saying, be it unto me according to thy word. Yes, I believe. You say, what's the connection between this characteristic and, and Luke chapter 2? Why did Mary keep all these things and ponder them and meditate on them and study them over and over and over again in her heart? Because she believed. She believed that what she had heard was the truth. She believed that what the angel had told her would come to pass. She believed that this truly was the Son of God, that this truly was the Savior, not only of the world, but of her, because she believed that he was the Messiah, the chosen one of God. And when you track the life of Mary through the Gospels, you see sometimes her not fully understanding everything about who this son was. She needed to learn that no longer would she relate to him as his mother, she would relate to him as his follower, as his disciple, like everyone else. She needed to learn some things about this, and yet that fundamental faith, that belief, that trust in who her son was would carry all the way through after his death and resurrection and ascension when in Acts chapter 1 she's listed as one of the disciples there in the city of Jerusalem. You say, what does that mean for me? It means this. It means this Christmas season, there are going to be plenty of people who have no time for the message of the angels. The shepherds come and they proclaim the birth of Christ and there are people who say, I don't care, I couldn't care less. All over this state, there are going to be people who are going to be like the people in verse 18. They'll listen, they'll marvel at it for a moment, for an evening, they'll think about it for a little bit of time and it will simply be in one ear and ultimately out the other immediately when this Christmas season is over. And then there are going to be those people who by faith are like Mary. They have received the entire counsel of God about who Jesus Christ is in this book. And they are going to treasure all of those things. They are going to preserve them and keep them. And then they are going to meditate and they are going to think and they are going to ponder over those things. It is going to be the joy and the meditation of their life. Parents, do you know you can teach this to your children? By from a young age, 
just continuing to ponder the miracle of Christmas with them during this season? We had a chance as we were driving around last night to talk a little bit. I just asked the children, what's, what's the most surprising thing to you about Christmas? And one answer I received was, the most surprising thing about Christmas was that Jesus was actually born on Christmas. It was great, right? Like there's this, there's this amazing day. Can you imagine that Jesus was born on it? It's amazing. It's amazing, the timing of all of that. Well, we had to talk about that a little bit. But this is something that you can do. But it's something that you have to do for yourself too. Because in all the busyness of this Christmas season and all the good things that we experience and share, sometimes the time that goes out the window first is the time when we meditate, when we ponder when we think, when we put as many dots as we can together by faith about who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do. And so my encouragement for you this afternoon is to be a Mary, to be the kind of person who listens to what you know about Jesus from this book and then take some time today or tomorrow and really think about it. Meditate on it, ponder it until your heart begins to stir with love and affection for what God has given you in the greatest gift this Christmas season of who Jesus is and what he came to be. So next time you hear that song come on, Mary, did you know? Just the answer is yes, Mary. Yes, Mary did know. But remember not just what Mary knew, Remember what she did with what she knew. And then commit yourself by faith to doing the same thing.